From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It is Ken LaVica Live. And of course, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Josh Cohen, who normally hosts the home team here from 4 to 6, which used to be Ken's home. Ken defected to the live tour version of radio to Ken LaVega Live. Is that what you would call it? No, I, I'm I, just I, playing. I come, to make, come make some money over here. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Uh, JC in today for Ken, who's vacationing. And again, in case you missed at the top of the first hour, I am proud because the full circle-ness came to me that my former co-host, who hosted this show, the home team show, many times when I was on vacation, or out sick, or in car wrecks, and breaking my neck, and COVID. Now, I have a chance to fill in for Ken on his show, which to me, fills my heart with joy and pride. It's pretty cool stuff, and you said, you know, as soon as you got here, you didn't really realize, but as soon as we kicked off, you were kind of like, whoa. A couple minutes before we began, I said, you know, I thought to myself, this is kind of cool that I get to fill in for him, and now he's got his own show, even though he's had his own show since April of 2021. Yeah. But anyway, Pride continues. That's Stone Labanowitz. You hear him every day regardless, and then you normally hear me, or you turn the channel. I get it. Between 4 and 6 for the home team on the ride home. Tonight is Game 5 in the NBA Finals, and it is interesting, Stone Labanowitz, once again, that the winner of Game 5, when the series is tied 2-2, goes on to win 73% of the time. But when the series is tied 1-1, the Game 3 winner goes on to win the series 82% of the time. Interesting that 9% more likely to win when it's earlier on. Did you know that when the series is 3-1, the Game 5 winner goes on to win the series 100% of the time? Is it 100? Come on, dude. Do the math. If you're up 3-1 and you win the fifth game, okay, see, you, you jackass. You know, the one just <laughs> set me up there. Come on, man. I I thought you were edging. We're laughing at you. I thought you were edging closer to a. I'm setting you up for Cleveland Cavaliers stat because they would be the one to to break that code, and they no. are the only one in NBA history. In the NBA, in a best of seven, when a series is tied at two games apiece, game five winner meeting tonight, yeah, goes on to win the series seventy three percent of the time. However, when the series is three one, the team up three one. When they go on to win game five, they win 100% of the time because that's a fourth win, you jackass. <laughs> now you get it? Uh, yeah, I do. Peter I do Griffin. <laughs> it does make sense. Of course it does. Game five tonight is in San Francisco. The Warriors are three and a half point favorite over under two and a ten and a half. No one cares about the total, as I mentioned before. But what we do care about is some of the statistics that are large enough in sample size that they are significant. I pointed out in hour number one, the Celtics, 7-0 off of a loss. Does that remain tonight? That's an, important, that's an important stat to keep alive. The Warriors in series under Steve Kerr, when they've been tied at 2-2, uh, they've won four and lost none. This is the position that they're used to winning in. The series, that is. The Warriors, 10-1 and at home this postseason. That is a significant factor. It's a larger sample, obviously. There's 11 instances. But here's two main stats that I left off in the first hour of this show. The Celtics are 3-7, and seven, keep in mind, off of a win now. Off of a win. They are now 3-7. and seven. We saw it in Game 2. We saw it in Game 4. 
They can't win after a win. They've won three of ten. You already know they were the 29th out of 30 NBA teams in crunch time, in clutch time. The final four minutes inside that margin where the lead is such, they, over 82 games, proved to be the second-to-worst team in winning at winning time. Holding the lead, getting the lead, holding the lead, can't do it. What happened on Friday night? In clutch time, in clinch time, they were outscored 13 to nothing, to nothing, from a three-point lead to a 10-point loss. And here might be the other statistic that's interesting. Um, Golden State, because of what happened on Friday night in Game 4, they are now 6-0 and off a loss. So as excited as you get about the Celtics at 7-0, and Celtics, are, uh, the, the Warriors are right behind you at 6-0. and It's a strange NBA postseason. And this has been a very strange NBA Finals. These statistics show you how weird is it that the Celtics can't win a game after a win. How strange is it how this is all playing out? It's been a very bizarre postseason and certainly finals. Yeah, it's almost like pick your poison. Which trend are you going to get behind and which trend do you want to buck? And you mentioned earlier how this finals has been disappointing in the sense of none of them have been close. That was the entire postseason. I heard for the first time the name the National Blowout Association. The winning margin, and I remember you guys did a lot on winning margins um, on your home team. It was crazy, and it's still showing up in the finals, which doesn't make any sense. Hopefully, we're over that and on to bigger We've and better We played four games. We played four games. Yeah. None of them have been decided by fewer than double digits. Every game has been decided by double digits. For two months now. Uh, no, no. In, in the finals. I mean, I know in the finals, and it's been the same. In the conference finals, we didn't have close games. Mm-hmm. In the conference semifinals, we had a couple, but we haven't had excite- We haven't had those moments, the highlight reel moments, the all-time moments. We, you know those March Madness moments? You know, Bryce Drew inbounds the ball, Valparaiso upsets Ole Miss, it's yes. 1998. We haven't had those. We haven't had any of those. This has been an uneventful NBA postseason. There haven't been last-second lead changes. There haven't been overtime games. We haven't had that stuff beyond the first round. We had some of that in the first round for sure. Um, but you say, you know, pick your poison. All right, well, if Boston's 3-7 and seven off of a win, um, that explains why Golden State is now 6-0 and off a loss. Because they've played four games, yeah. and each time that the Celtics have won a game, they've lost the next, and obviously they'd be losing it to these Golden State Warriors. So let's look at tonight. It is a game five in San Francisco, and it is a chance for Draymond Green perhaps to be not terrible. He doesn't have to be great, but he's got a chance to be not terrible. He was so bad that his mother was on social media asking, where is my son? This is a clone. Stop asking me what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong. Um, We don't need Draymond Green to be a big scorer. Never did. He was always for this team, the energy guy. He was always for this team, the kind of um, you know motivation guy. They don't need that in a game five. He can afford to be not so great. But we talked about a little bit in the first hour. For the Boston Celtics, they got a couple guys they can't afford to continue to not be great. And most foremost of that would have to be Jason Tatum. Yeah, and I talked about Jalen Brown earlier. He's been so good in the fourth in that clunch or that clutch and that clinch time that you have been talking about for yep. the Celtics. Yep. So it really all falls on Tatum because Horford's not going to give you 
any more than 25. Nobody's really going to step up. Grant Williams isn't able to score. Robert Williams has really been an enforcer, and we did a lot on Robert Williams in the Eastern Conference Finals because he put Bam in a box, and he put Bam out of bio in a cooler and made him a shell of himself, and that was ultimately the reason that I think that they got past us. I do want to ask you something, though. Yeah. I heard it this morning. And I brought it up. It was, it was actually Jay Will's quote on their morning show this morning. Do you remember Draymond? Because we you spoke about Draymond Green not being a scorer or not being an offensive weapon. Right. He's not. He never really was. But they talked about a, a game this morning where he scored 37 in the finals. I don't remember if it was 2016 or 18. And I was trying the hardest to remember it. I can't remember that. I don't even know how or what it looked like. Yeah. Draymond Green giving us 37 in the finals. I don't remember that. He gave us two in game two. Yeah, I don't remember that. Draymond Green currently has more fouls and does points. More fouls than points. That's got to be an NBA. That's got to be a history. That's got to be a record. That's got to be something. More fouls than points scored. Four well, games into a series. Keep my guys are inserted for that purpose. Goons. I mean, there are dudes that are inserted to pick up the foul. They come in in you know, those spots which we got a foul to give. In those games where it matters. These games haven't mattered because they've been 10-point, 14-point, 17-point leads. Right. Um, you actually have sound. Don't you have sound, a Draymond Green? Yeah, so after game four, yes. his performance uh, with uh, the fourth quarter mark with 7.30 to go, Steve Kerr actually put him on the bench mm-hmm. and, threw, and, and went small ball. And usually Draymond's a part of that small ball lineup, but he wasn't, and it was kind of surprising to him. So this is on his podcast, the Draymond Green Show, speaking after the game of what it was like to get benched. And we do a lot. You're an expert on somebody's you know, antics, the way they're saying something. How they're saying. So this was really interesting I wanted to present to you. The fact that, you know, Steve went away from me for a little while. Was I pissed off and frustrated? Absolutely. Like, seven minutes to go in an extremely important game. You know, you can't go down 3-1. You don't want to go down 3-1. Um, and I'm coming out of the game. I was livid. But I was able to respond due to their positive energy that they were pouring into me. I was able to respond and come up with a few big plays. Yeah, so he's the energy guy, right? And he, I mean, he's the emotion of the team. He's that center, and he's the energy guy. What we don't need is for Draymond Green to be livid that he's being taken out of the game, and instead we need Draymond Green to be self-aware of, you know what, I'd probably take me out too because as much as your own personal, you want to play through it, you want to contribute, sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Sometimes the team's better when you're not on the Mm -hmm. floor, and this is one of those spots. So I'm not sure that his head right now is in the right place. We, we know that he's not playing well, but he's also not thinking well. In that audio, he, he spoke about how it was addition by subtraction. He actually used the phrase, and he said sometimes— Oh, did he? He did, and he said sometimes you need to man up and realize that you being out there, there are other things, there are other guys that are getting going. And he said when he talked about guys in my ear getting me going— there were guys on the bench. It was Gary Payton the second. It was Kayvon Looney who were in his ear like, hey, you're all right. You know you'll get back in. He got back in, I think, with 2.30 left and closed out the game and had that big dish. I forgot who he dished it off to who put in that dunk. And it was a good look, a good pass, good dime. And he said, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that without my teammates but and people Stone, calming me down. There's a difference between being livid that you're not getting the job done and being livid that you got taken out of the game. Mm. He's entitled to be livid that he's not contributing. He's entitled to be livid that he's sucking. But yeah. you yeah. want your emotional leader, you want your energy guy, you want that dude to not be livid that he got taken out. You want to be livid for the reason why 
he got taken out because you're aware you're not doing it. It's a really good point. You know, there's a difference. There's a big difference. There's a significant difference. Significant. I, I do expect Draymond to show up at home, though. These two have been in Boston, and I think he's going to learn sooner or later. And trust me, I feel like he already knows this. But people hate him, mm-hmm. and anytime he walks into an but away lives, arena, but he feeds himself on that. He does feed himself off of that, but he'll also get the reverse effect at home right now. And no matter what he does, will be cheered upon. And I think I think he plays well tonight. So the Celtics are now three and seven off of a win. That's a bad sign. I think that's a worse sign than them being seven and zero off a loss. I agree. I think it's more telling of who and what they are. I had a chance to watch Game Six. In the Hamptons. I know this sounds ritzy and fancy, but we had a little, you know, my buddy Adam Weitzman yes. invited me and a couple of our friends to uh, go up to the Hamptons, spend a weekend there. And with us was Jim Beheim, the legendary coach of Syracuse, and his sons, Jimmy and Buddy. And I got a chance to not just watch game five in the little theater room with Coach Beheim, but also talk throughout the weekend about the Eastern Conference Finals with Miami and Boston. And Coach Beheim said, Boston is a bigger, more physical team that is uh, – look, they're a bigger, more physical team, and they play better defense. And I go, yeah, but what about the finals when they face the Warriors? And he said, Josh, they're a bigger, more physical, better defensive team than the Warriors. They're a better team. And the Boston Celtics, it appears, are a better team. The Warriors have those stars. The Boston Celtics appear to be the better team, but here we are now at 2-2. They took home court in game one. They gave it back in game four. And now it's a best of three. Maybe. Or it's tonight and Thursday night and that's it. But Coach Beheim sees the game for remove the names on the jerseys. and rem- Just this is what we're dealing with. And the reality is the Boston Celtics are a bigger, more physical team that plays better defense. How this game tonight is officiated is obviously a major factor. How this game is officiated early on, how this game is officiated, we know, will dictate. You think advantage home team should kind of be the case, their style of ball, but that's not always the case. And certainly if you get a Scott Foster, I haven't seen the officiating for tonight. Do you know? I don't know. Who's on this? Okay. All right. Well, we'll figure that out and see because we know that Scott Foster is someone that everyone's aware of. I watched game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals in that same TV room. It was just me and a fella who actually is a current member of the New York Knicks. And it was just he and I and his girl. And on the screen, when we saw that Scott Foster was going to be officiating this game, I won't say the member of the Knicks name. I won't put him on blast like that. <laughs> but he said to me, oh, Scott Foster. <laughs> and I said, right? I mean, I'm sure that's consensus right? everywhere. I believe Boston's 13-0 in the postseason when Scott Foster is refereeing They'd love the to games. Have him. They would love to have him. But I... I, so we've been debating the whole time, which stat are we going to buy into? Which stat are we going to buck? And I think you've brought it up enough to where I'm going to stick with it. Three and seven following a win is daunting for Boston. Like, it just it shows there's no maturity there. Like, you guys, you get high on yeah. your own supply yeah. and don't know how to show up the next day. I mean, that is like high school. That's varsity level. That's Good co- teams that, keep that. That's a team that, that's a, yeah. that's a problem college football teams have and college basketball teams have. Not that a team in the NBA should, so I, I think that just continues to go over. Yeah, that's the most troubling stat. Aside from the fact they were 29th this year in clutch time out of 30 teams. Because um, you, you have to be able to win then. Because that says a lot about mentally and emotionally yeah, where you're at. Because the, the basket's still 10 feet. And, and, you know, four minutes is still four minutes. And you shoot it from the line, it's one. You shoot it from outside the line, it's two. Outside the arc, is three. That doesn't change. Why are you a team... 
that was 25 and 25 and then went on to win 26 and out of 32, 26 and 6 out of the final 32. But yet, in clutch time, in that final four minutes, why are you guys the second to worst team in the league? That is huge. And over an 82 game sample, obviously, not all 82 of those games were inside what would be the parameters of clutch. But I, as a Boston Celtics fan, and I'm not, would be reminded of why can't we take care of business when it matters most? And why can't we win games after we won when you got a chance to put some real pressure on the opposition? Those are the stats to me that are most telling. The Celtics, 7-0 this postseason off a loss. Okay, so what? The Warriors now, 6-0 off of a loss. So basically both these teams are like, oh, let's lose a game because we know we're going to win the next one. Yeah, I, I think another thing that plays into it. Whoever, whoever is- loses tonight feels good about game six because they're both undefeated. Um, coming off of a loss, you would, right? Yeah, I mean, in theory, yeah, you would think that they, they know what it's like and you can trust them but coming it's, out. It's different when it's going to be game two, three, four, five. Game six means it's... You're on the brink. It's you have to do it one more time or one, two, three, Cancun. Your season's over. Yeah, I feel like the whole postseason, every team with their back against the wall has shown up in the big moments. Even if you're talking Dallas Mavericks or you're talking Miami Heat in that big game six that they showed up and they were doubted big time. I feel like every team in this postseason with their back against the wall. But I think going against the clutch thing, I think when you're playing a certain somebody or a certain team, there's just really nothing you could do. Steph Curry, at this point in his career, is an inevitable bucket getter. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I think I saw it, second player in NBA history to shoot 50% from the field and 45% from three but and score over 30 points. You can't stop that. But Boston and Golden State played, what, three times this year? Yeah, I think it was five. No. The Celtics and the Warriors played five times this regular season. I think Boston was three and two against them, if I remember correctly. Three, I thought three, it was. Three. I thought they were two and one. I may be. I may be wrong. I don't know. But what I do know is that I'm not as concerned about the Boston Celtics in clutch time against the Warriors because we've only seen it once out of the first four games. I'm concerned about the Boston Celtics over the course of an 82 game season being the second to worst team in clutch time. Can't hold the lead. Can't get. The lead. That's problematic. That's my bigger concern. Has Steph Curry done enough already to win finals MVP? Even if the Warriors lose, it's been remarkable what he's done. It has. He went for 43, as you mentioned, on Friday night. He's been the best player for either team. He's been the most valuable player in the series. And I know you're like, hold on a second. We're just at 2-2. We are just at 2-2. There is precedent where you've had, I think it was Jerry West in like 1969. It's been a very long time. I think it was before we actually put a man on the moon. I think it was like the summer of 1969, the last time someone was on a losing team and won finals MVP. We are much more prone to be like, no, it's got to be something from the winning team because you can make a case for guys. Like you mentioned Jalen Brown. If the, so, look, if the Warriors win the finals, it's Steph Curry. It's not the question. The question is, should it be even if the Celtics do? I think it would be a reach It'd be it'd be piss poor from the NBA. I think it would be almost pathetic because if you're not if you're gonna give it to Steph in this situation when all of- what if he goes for forty five tonight he's unreal and they lose and then he he forces a game seven because uh, uh, he wins in Boston and goes for forty five and then in the game seven he loses and still goes for forty. A few things you're gonna see comparable stats to what LeBron James did in twenty eighteen when he lost that series without 
Kevin Love and without Kyrie Irving, right. LeBron's numbers would be ultimately better in a series loss. So one, that's what would make who's it a reach. It, who's it easier to vote for? LeBron James and his attitude that's, that's, or Steph Curry and his? That's what I'm saying. That's why it would be a poor decision by the NBA. All lead up, whether it's been television, national radio, the whole thing has been, is Steph Curry going to get finally his first finals MVP? Right. If they lose a series and we give it to him based be- because he, the guy might not get here again and we're just going to force feed it to him whether, no matter Cur- what he's done. Didn't Martin Scorsese win the Oscar for Departed? Definitely the, did. The Departed? Yes. But he didn't for Raging Bull. He didn't for Goodfellas. He didn't for Casino. He didn't for all those other times. And people felt like, well, this was more of a lifetime achievement. In other words, this movie was really good. But we feel like you're due because of your body of work. I I remember John Stewart hosting those Oscars, and he came back from a performance or something, and he said, in case you're scoring at home, 3-6 Mafia, one Oscar, Martin Scorsese, zero. (laughs) Like, 3-6 Mafia won an Oscar before Martin Scorsese did in that same Oscars for It's Hard Out There for a Pimp was the name of the song they won the Oscar for. You won't remember because you're young. But the point I'm making is— I know the tune. I know the melody. It's not unprecedented. Stone Lebanowitz, for someone to be awarded, not necessarily for what they just did here, but as a result of all that comes with it in the story and the narrative. The Steph Curry, does he get his finals? If it's close, if it were close between he and Clay, he would get the nod this time. Right, but would you want something? Would you want to be awarded it in that way? Like if he were the to- most valuable player. If he, if he were the most valuable player in this series. But you're going to wake up after losing that series in seven and being the finals MVP, you're going to wake up and everybody is going to be telling you the only reason you were given that award is because of your body and work. You didn't actually earn it this series. No, no, that can't be the case. Because your work's got to be so exceptional that you can't make a better case for someone on the winning team. In other words, everyone on the other team you know, had to be just pretty good. There couldn't have been anyone who was great. So who's been great for Boston? You, you say Jalen Brown's been very good. Jason Tatum has been scoring. But he's also on pace to have the lowest two-point field goal shooting percentage in the history of the NBA and ABA merger. So, so who would be the Boston Celtics guy? I think it's at still, this pace, four games in. At, at Brown. Th- at this pace, it's Brown. It has to be. If we want to talk body of work, it's Brown. He's been more important. And if we're talking clutch time for them in the fourth quarter, Jalen Brown has been there. Game one, two, three, and four. If he's Steph, their rock. I'm telling you right now. If Steph scores north of 37. Tonight, they win. If he scores north of 37 on Thursday, they lose. And then has a game for Game 7 at home and still loses, you'd say Steph Curry was your most valuable player. It just didn't work out. Very, it's crazy It'd be fascinating. You said before 1969 it has to happen for, is this going to be the one? I think that's it. I Hear you in one out, but I'm just not going to budge. I don't see it because it would be unfair to LeBron James. Problem is, I am going to be in the south of France. <laughs> and so these games, you understand, th- the game comes on what, 9 o'clock? 9 o'clock. Um, so 9 o'clock is so, so 3 a.m. So so in the south of France, the game will, for me will be tipping at 3 a.m. So do you want to, well. Am I waking up or am I staying up? Right, that's the question. That's, that's tough. Because I'll give you updates at 9. You'll just be getting them at 2 in the morning, 1 in the morning. <sighs> Three in the morning, four in the morning. You'll just be getting texts. Nah, I, your your notifications are on silent. That's why last night I didn't text you back. I forgot <laughs> I had you, I had your alerts turned off because you and I used to mess with tennis matches. Yes, and I'm streaming on a projector, so it would be like later. Yeah, and I didn't want to find out from you what happened. 
And I forgot I had your I had your alerts on silent. <laughs> wow. Still the Not reason. because of you, but because of the drama of tennis. No doubt. No doubt. When we come back, Stone has devised a game called Vacation Feud 2.0. Kenny is in Montego Bay, and we're going to play this game to see if I can't figure out what he has or hasn't done on his, you said adults only vacation. Adults only. And that sounds kind of kinky. That sounds freaky. Like adults only, are they an adults only resort, or you just mean they vacation without the kids? It's an adult only resort. Right. I don't want to be wrong, but, I, but it's I'm not like hedonism or something, is it? No. I, I, is it topless? No. It, I mean, is it bottomless? Eh, I don't know. I've never been to Jamaica. What if it's bottomless but not topless? <laughs> I've never seen it before. That's what I'm saying. We should start a resort somewhere in Jamaica or. Ken's, Ken's had his thighs out. I don't know if he's <laughs> taking them off. Oh, yet. can you imagine the length of his shorts? He's been wearing six inch inseams. So I swiped up on his wife. Whoa, Vivi. whoa, whoa. You did what with his what? I swiped up. On his wife's Whoa, Vivian's Instagram can't talk story. About that. Hold the, oh, on. Oh, her I swiped story. up on her story. God dang. And it was a picture of her and Ken looking very, you know, coupley. And he had his thigh highs on. And I said, Are you a fan of the shorts? And she said, Thigh season is my favorite season. Winky, winky. And I was oh, like, All right. All it. right. Well, you're in good news then, uh-huh. aren't you? There you have it. It is Ken Living Alive on ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. JC, in for Ken LaVica, who is on vacation, and deservedly so. Stone says resorts, uh, excuse me, an adults-only resort, which sounds kind of kinky. <laughs> That's right, it is a little kinky. Freaky deaky. Remember, Ken LaVica Live is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. On the subject of Ken and his vacation, Stone Labanowitz has put together a family feud style game, Vacation Feud version 2.0 for Ken LaVica, who is in Montego Bay, Jamaica. And I, who normally get to host the games... Now I have a chance to actually play the game. So why don't we do this? Let's play the feud. Let's do this, as Christina would say. All right, Stone, you got to use your game show announcer voice. Do I? I don't know. I'll develop it right now because I don't know if I have one. Well, of course you do. You just kind of be cheesy guy like this. Welcome. It's time to play <laughs> Vacation. <laughs> it's time to play Vacation Feud 2.0. Ken Vega in Jamaica. All right, here we go. Here's how the game is going to work. I have four questions lined up. I have been in conversation with Ken, and I said, hey, Ken. Give me some real things you're doing on vacation, because what I'm going to do is ask Josh if he can tell me what you're actually doing. So I have four multiple choice questions, and one of the choices is actually what he's done in Montego Bay at this kinky adults-only resort. But you don't know if it's kinky. It just sounds kind of freaky. Sounds like adults, super freaky. Adults-only resort sounds like a giant swinger party. <laughs> I, you know what? I hope it's not, okay? Speaking of which, what's going on with <laughs> Steph Curry's parents? Whoa! We we oh that, that that's coming. I, I don't know why uh why I didn't put that on the show sheet for us today because that's big stuff. You're an unfocused, terrible Whoa. producer. Your 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 job is to guess what Ken is actually doing in Montego Bay. Oh, well, pace yourself because you're so lazy. You only did four questions. Not, I, not six, Ken, not eight. Ken only gave me four things. Okay, he's busy. Well, he's on vacation. I know. It's not his job. So don't blame yours. it on me. He's on vacation. Question number one. It's amazing how lazy you are. Go a, ahead. Got his beard braided and Jamaican beads. B. A local almost jumped into a river. 
to save him from drowning because his water shoes were weighing him down. Hold on a second. This is question number one? Yeah, but it's A, B, or C. You pick which one he's actually doing. Okay, so what is option A? Got his beard braided in Jamaican beads. <laughs> B, a local almost jumped into a river to save him from drowning because his water shoes were weighing him down too much. We do know he's got giant feet. C, performed three little birds his first night there, karaoke style. Three Little Birds by Bob Marley and the Whalers. Right. It's a great song. A, B, or C? I am going to say it's either B or C because he's got giant, enormous water skis for feet. I'm going to say C, he performed Bob Marley at karaoke night. Should have trusted your gut. It was B. His big clown feet. He almost drowned in the river. It looked like he was drowning. A local almost jumped in to rescue him. Yeah. Did he give you any context on this? He did not. See, we, this is where we need like the, <laughs> what really happened. He's on vacation. Question number two. A, took part in a bodybuilder's competition at his resort pool. <laughs> B, spent $60 on a gram of what he thought was exotic weed. C, got hooked into buying a bracelet because the guy told him his money would put his kid through college. So Ken is a sucker. We all know that. We all know that. Um, as much as he's proud of his thighs and his calves, and Ken is all shredded and ripped up, it could be A. It really could be A. B, we're going to throw out because he's not buying weed and stuff. That's not happening. C, sound, Ken is a sucker. He's a chump. And he's easy to talk into or out of things. He's very um, gullible. Well, he's gullible for sure, but he's also impressionable. Or you can be like, come on, Ken, all the cool kids are doing it. You should do it, too. Like, like Ken would be the model of peer pressure. Because right. you can be like, come on, dude, everyone's doing it. All the cool kids are doing it. It's either A or C. It's either bodybuilder. He's very proud of his body now. He looks great. So the local told him what exactly? Sold him a bracelet. Probably Jamaican colors, Jamaican flag. Because he told him that it would do what? Put his the money that he gave him for the bracelet would put his kids through college. Well, the bracelet's probably three or four dollars, right? So that sounds a little bit of a, it sounds a little bit exaggerative. It's either A or C, and I'm so torn, and I'm gonna go with A. Oh, it's C. Is it C? <laughs> it's C. I knew it. It's C. Damn it. Your gut. Your gut. Is o- I know. Your gut's got you over to question number three. A. Pace yourself. There's another twenty minutes left of this terrible show. Paid for a couple's caricature. B. Won a push-up contest against a local. C. Bought authentic Jesus sandals within the first hour after getting there. All right. There's a lot of um, details on B and C, which leads. So you got these from Ken? Yes, I did. So the more details, would be more likely to be truthful. That may be. That and may normally, or may not be the case. But and, I've, I've. And normally we know that in deception and deceit detection. When someone is offering a long excuse or an explanation, they are lying. He doth protest too much. But Ken talking about things he did that he didn't do, different from him providing all the details of stuff he did do. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. Let me hear the three options one more time. A, paid for a couple's caricature. Nope. B, won a push-up contest against a local. Won or competed? Won. C, bought authentic Jesus sandals immediately after arriving to Montego Bay. There's so many details in the last one. It leads me to believe that could very well be the case. But I really do like B in the push-ups. I do like B a lot. But it's B. 
<laughs> yeah. Won a push-up contest against the local. I mean, that just sounds like Ken. He's a, a buzz a little bit. Got got his drink going on, and hit. we did 50 push-ups in here on uh, I think Thursday at what Wednesday. He knocked them out. I can't do push-ups. I tore something in my shoulder. I can't do a damn thing. That's why I look like Tom Hanks at the end of Philadelphia. <laughs> One for three you are. Let's see how much you know your boy Ken. Question number four. Is this the last question? This is the last question. I can't believe we only did four. Go ahead. A. Woke up locked outside of his room. Just a pair of boxers. Woke up? Woke up. Woke up. Came to. Locked outside of his room in just a pair of boxers. Okay. B. Has a blister on his lip from burning himself from some Jamaican patty. C. Almost got beat up for making fun of the movie Cool Runnings. Okay. It's definitely B or C, because A doesn't make any sense. Why would he be waking up? Why would he be waking up somewhere other than his own room where he's on vacation with his wife? That doesn't make any sense. So we're throwing out A immediately, because that just logically that couldn't make sense. Woke up locked outside of his room in just a pair of boxers. Right, which would indicate he was sleeping somewhere outside of his room. Or was thrown out. You said woke up. Kicked to the curb, yeah, and realized that he was locked out. Are you Could trying to talk me into A? <laughs> oh! is, a is A the correct answer? Are you I'm, trying I'm to not, I can't give you anything, but don't just say that he was sleeping somewhere else. Maybe he was kicked to the curb. You're in You're in the hallway for tonight. It would still indicate that he slept somewhere outside of his room. B is what? B is has a blister on his lip from burning himself with a Jamaican patty. That's a cold sore, and exposure to the sun will make that worse. <laughs> it's herpes simplex 2. Or whatever. It's one or two. Do you know which is which? It's two. <laughs> Boy, you hit it awful quick. <laughs> it's two. All right. And what is uh, three? Almost got beat up for making fun of the movie Cool Runnings. <sighs> See, there's been too much talk about that. Been referenced, you know, about Cool Runnings, Cool Runnings. Um, but that sounds like something that Ken would actually do. It sounds like something he would do. He like, would is a little. Uh, he would just step out of the lines a little bit, not know his boundaries. He, but he's he's assuming he almost got beat up, or he probably just got a, like a look or an attitude, and he's exaggerating. I'm gonna go with. Cool. It's not locked out of the room. The the lip he's trying to explain away is cold sore, which is being made worse by exposure to the sun. <laughs> so it's either that, which it kind of feels like, or. He made some joke to Cool Runnings, and then they just didn't get it. And so he's like, it's a better story if I say they almost beat me up. There's a whole lot of almost beat me up. There's a whole lot of almost, almost. I hear you. So I'm going to go with, what is it, option C? Option option C, almost got beat up for making fun of Cool Runnings. Final answer. Oh, it was a cold sore. Yes, it was. I knew it. Notice that each time I thought, yes, I talked myself. So I went one and three. You went one and three. I should have gone four and zero. Oh. And the original reason why I made that game is because you and Ken have known each other. You, there's so much history. Like you would be able to peg him right here, right here. But I did a good enough job making these questions. Apparently, if they were his exact words, I could tell the difference. Like if they were his exact words, where he wrote in his words, statement A, B, and C, I could absolutely tell. You. Here's the good news. At no point did I say it's definitely not that, and it was. That's true. Notice that each of yes, and all four of them, I threw out the one thing that was absolutely wrong, and it absolutely was wrong. And then I made a case for the right reason on all four, even though I got just one of the four correct. The other three, I was like, oh, it should be, and I <laughs> overthought it. <laughs> I do love that you think he's at a bar. 
talking a little too much about the movie Cool Runnings, and some guy's like, hey, man, you better watch your mouth. Like, Because, I, I mean, I can almost picture it myself. So I do think that's hilarious. Not even like not even that. Like, to me, Ken would be at the at the resort, and there'd be, like, a lifeguard or something in the pool area or Lazy River. Yeah. And he'd say something about, like, the Jamaican bobsled team. Because the guy, like, maybe, like, big. And he'd be like, oh, you look like you're on the bobsled team. And the guy's like, what? He's like, you know, like cool runnings. You could definitely. And the guy just doesn't know the movie. Right. Didn't get the reference. Yes. And so Ken perceived that as he almost beat me up. That's also a good call. But also, I almost see it. Who made that up? Way. Did he make that up or did you make that up? I did. Yeah. That's a good. That's good. It's good. I got you with it. Yeah. But notice, again, just so we're clear, of all four of those questions, I did not say the correct answer was definitely not correct. Yeah, whatever whatever helps you sleep at night. If you can take that as a moral victory, you got it. four of the questions, I identified the absolute false statement as absolutely false. I went 100% on that. I went 100% on that. I went 24, I'm just going to be 25% on the correct statement, but I went 100% on the false statement. That much is true. That much is true. This is Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It is Ken LaVica Live, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Bad news for people who hate me. I return again in two hours. Four to six for the home team alongside Dean Thomas, who's back from Bristol, Connecticut on the ESPN desk. And Tina... Uh, four to six for the home team. Worst news for f- huge fans of Ken Levick Alive. I'm back tomorrow with Stoney from noon to two. Yes, to sir. To do this once again. Let's do it. Before we get our picks for tonight, game five in the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors minus three and a half to the Boston Celtics in a pivotal game five. Let's rewind to Friday night when I asked you to come along to see Kid Rock at the I Think Financial Amphitheater. You joined up late. When you joined up, I was already pretty buzzed. Yeah, you were definitely buzzing. So I did a high school stereo for show from 6 yep. to 7, raced over to I Think Amphitheater. I had a head start on you. Yes, you did. Um, the weather was not great. There was drinking. There were shots involved. I don't drink shots. But somehow, someway, people talked me into a couple shots of fireball. I did it. Took us about four tries. Yeah, because I don't, I don't do shots. That's how I stay in the game. I think actually Friday night late when I got back home, I think I actually bought pizza at a place, and when they heated it up, I forgot that I bought it. I think I left without eating the pizza. Wow. I I think I may have, because I I saw that I paid for a slice of pizza, but I don't remember eating a slice of pizza. (laughs) I think I I paid for it, and they put it in the oven, and then I got distracted by something at a bar next door, like karaoke night, and and then forgot. That's tough. So I can't do shots. I would be really, really upset. I would go back to the pizza store and tell them I, I never ate no it. I have no recollection of eating the pizza, so I'm pretty sure it didn't happen. <laughs> but I see that the pizza was bought. <laughs> and I remember going into the, the bar on Clematis Street, and the people were singing karaoke, including a buddy of mine. And I watched him sing karaoke, and I was just wandering around by myself. Oh, you definitely just wandered off from your slice of pizza. Well, we also got abandoned at the, at the concert. So, you know, I was happy to pick up the tab, because I was going to do that anyways. So the $100, whatever the tab was, I think it was 100 bucks. I, w- I was buying the drinks anyways. But, but you, um, you and, and your safe ride home abandoned me at the amphitheater, which caused me to have to walk by myself 
uh, over half a mile and stand out in front of uh, Dick's Sporting Goods and wait for an Uber to come pick me up. <laughs> and it was on again, off again rain. And you laugh at this. <laughs> I laugh at I this. I invite you to the show. I could have used that ticket on a hot girl. <laughs> I bought you the cocktails. Could have bought those for a hot girl. Right. And instead, you just show up late, drink, don't say thanks, don't say bye, and then you abandon me. Listen. It was the best concert I've ever been to, honestly. And I'm not just saying that. Kid Rock was spectacular. Yes, I know. He was. He was. I know I don't have a big sample size, but it's majority been rappers. Haven't really been able to tap into the rock or some of the old OGs. Kid Rock gave he was me so effort. excited. I complained about Lil Wayne. He gave us 45 minutes. Kid Rock gave us two hours of his blood and sweat. Plus. Yeah. He was out there getting busy. So, so it was a great time. But cops shoving everybody out of the VIP section. Yeah. You know, I even got pushed one time. And I'm like, you know, this is a little, this is a little bad. Looking around, everyone was in really bad shape. My ride was sitting out front. I was like, man, I think now's the time. And without gave it saying the, goodbye, without saying gave, thanks, without saying, AJ, hey, we drop you close. All I needed was to get dropped off close to civilization. That's messed up on my part. Because, because I didn't need a ride home, which, by the way, is on the way. I just needed to get out of that range so I could then get an Uber. Does that make sense? <laughs> it makes all the sense. But you abandoned me. But you abandoned me. Uh, it is game five tonight in the NBA Finals. We, we broke down the numbers, we gave you the trends. You already know what's what. The Boston Celtics, they are a three-and-a-half-point underdog at the Golden State Warriors, and the series price line is just about now where it was before it began. Warriors about minus 140, 145-ish. Who you got tonight to win? Who you got to cover? Give me Boston and the points. But n- But not to win. But not to win. I think this is a last possession game. I think we finally we haven't had one. We haven't had one. I think this is the one in the most pivotal the entire series. Boston's heard that whoever wins this game wins seven out of ten times. So give me a tightly contested game in Boston to cover. Warriors win tonight. Um, remember, the Celtics are the team that are three and seven off of a win. The Warriors a little better, a little bit. Golden State Warriors win tonight and it might be right in that range it might be a three four five point game it might be a foul late and two free throws made that's what i'm thinking but it's going to be i think we're we're going to have one of those and i'm going to get a chance to see it i'm glad we agree on that which is amazing all right that'll pretty much do it for us on this episode of um remember tomorrow unfortunately you got me again alongside stone but stone's going to prepare a better show for tomorrow that i will that i will i'm going to force you to as, pay, as payback for what you did to me on Friday night by abandoning me at a concert I invited you to and used a valuable ticket and paid for the tab. That's so much. And you laugh. You think that's funny? It's awesome. Do you feel bad at all? I, I do. I do. I 100, I 100% feel a little bad. Uh-huh. Right. It doesn't stop me from thinking One, that it's hilarious. It's kind of hilarious, but it's also disrespectful. <laughs> it's fine by me. Um, I'll be back at 4 o'clock with Dean Thomas and Tina for the home team. But uh, thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow at noon for more Ken Living Alive here on ESPN 106.3.